Hey, Scott. Yes, Adam. What did you get me for Valentine's Day? Why are you making that face? I think I'm having a stroke. Coming to you almost live from that special place in the bottom of your heart. This is The Unknown Studio. I'm Scott. I'm Adam. And we are your hosts. Joining us today from the Traveling Tickle Trunk, Edmonton's women-friendly adult toy boutique, is owner Brenda Kerber. Brenda, thank you for being on the show with us. Thanks for having me. Uh, so let's jump right in here because you call it Edmonton's women-friendly adult toy boutique. Mm-hmm. Why women-friendly? Um, the term women-friendly, we... It's really hard to come up with a description for what we do, but we thought that was the best way to go because your typical adult toy shop, you walk in there and it's wall-to-wall toys um, that are all in boxes. You can't really see them. And there's pictures of women with who's, who've clearly had breast enhancement <laughs> in skimpy little clothes. And that's fine for some women, but a lot of us just don't really relate to that. So what we wanted to do was make a place where things were out, where you could see them, you could ask questions, and there weren't all of those pictures around. So whatever you see as sexy, whatever you identify as, um, you can be that without having all of those kinds of images confronting you. Um, And we have a lot of education around sexuality, so we'll spend a lot of time talking with people. Right, because on on your business card it says owner slash educator, and Mm -hmm. uh, having read your bio, I know that you started your career as a social worker. Yeah. And uh, and tell us about the reason why you decided to get into selling sex toys. Yes, I did start out as a social worker, and this was the farthest thing from my mind when I went into social work. I was going out to, you know, as most of us social work students do, to save the world. Yes. And um, really did not have much knowledge around sex at all. And then somehow, about 10 years ago, I talked my way into a job at the HIV network yep. and just really got into the sexuality education there and really, really enjoyed it. And then through some personal experiences that I won't elaborate on here, <laughs> I got into sex toys, got into finding out about vibrators and what they do, and just really realized that was a great way to do sexual health education. And it's tons of fun, you know, because people go out and they do the sex education that we did at the network and it's great and fine but where people are really going is to the sex shops yeah and to the video stores and the magazines that's where people really are and you're not going to find like uh good advice on safe healthy fun sex at source adult video i'm i'm sorry to say probably no since it's wall-to-wall you know pornography yeah i've been it's uh (laughs) Like, no offense, Source Adult Video, but you're not the most inclusive sex shop yeah. out there. You're clearly, and, and that's why I asked the question, because those are clearly geared towards men. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's I think it's cool that you're trying to do something a little bit different. Now, having said that, I imagine you have toys that are specifically for men, as well as couples and just women. Yes, absolutely. So yeah. can you tell us a little bit about some of the, the more popular item, men's items we'll start with, and then we can sort okay. of go on down the line. <laughs> sure. Because I'm curious. I brought some stuff with me, which I oh, know right um, our listeners aren't going to be able to Well, <laughs> I have a camera. But... I brought a camera ah, with me just in case. Okay. As you'll see, dear reader, listener, you don't read, <laughs> you listen. We will have uh, these pictures up on the post that accompanies the show. So yeah, show us ah, what you've got. Cool. Okay. Um, there's a lot of different toys out there, and 
what I really try to get across to people is that toys are not specifically for men or for women because it's all about how creative you want to get and what you really enjoy. So it's not like men like this and women like this. Um, But there are things that are more designed for men to use than women. um, (laughs) To wit, this object which he's uh, taken (laughs) out here. Do you want to hold that over here maybe for me? This is called a sidekick sleeve, and this is one of many types of sleeves that are out there for guys to use. Um, People might be familiar with the product Fleshlight. Mm -hmm. That was famously featured in Zack and Mary Make Porno. Yes, it was. Um, (laughs) So that, this is kind of a smaller, simpler, less expensive version of that. So it's a little rubber sleeve that you turn it inside out, and all the little nubblies end up on the inside, Mm -hmm. and it's nice and soft. And it just ends up being a little bit more kind of stimulation for the guy. I'm curious, is nubblies the technical technical term term for that? It is, yeah. Okay. (laughs) That's good to know. This isn't a penetrative sort of... No. No, if you'll notice, it's quite thick. It's quite large, yes. (laughs) So, yes, I get that question all the time. So, you know, if you have something that's a good quarter inch thick, you're not going to feel a whole lot on the outside of it. You're going to feel on the inside, but not on the outside. So, no, this is... This is um, basically for a hand job. Cool. Do you get a lot of guys who come into this? I can say hand job. You can totally say hand job. (laughs) This is the sex show, everybody. It's almost (laughs) Valentine's Day. You should be thinking about this. Oh, my God. I'm going to just... So this is actually pretty durable. Oh, very durable. Yes. Yeah. And this is made of a safe elastomere rubber. Okay. This is the thing that people don't always know is that the rubbers that they put in sex toys are not always skin safe. Mm -hmm. Um, They harbor bacteria. It's really hard to clean. So this one, even though it's really soft, it's much safer than a lot of other rubbers. Cool. Um, So, yeah, you can flip it inside out and clean it. Uh, Why... Sorry, why are the rubbers used in in some sex toys less safe than others? I've apparently asked an excellent question. (laughs) She's going into her tickle trunk to get Um, more. We do a lot of education about this because they don't ever tell people about this in um, some of the sex shops. And granted, a lot of people who sell sex toys don't even know these things. Well, and the default assumption would be that if you're, you know, wholesaling this kind of stuff, it's safe. Which is a terrible assumption to make, of course, because... Yeah. I mean, they're... are there, like, health standards for these products? No. That's crazy. No, and there really should, all. because especially if you're using something internally. Internally, yeah. yes. Yeah, you want to make sure yeah. you're using a, a, a quality product. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but no, there isn't. And really, I, I think it's because sex toys originally um, started out kind of as a joke, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, just... They were produced and sold as novelties, but people were buying them to actually use them. So the people that produced them, you know, just put sold as a novelty on the box and then well it doesn't matter because I didn't tell you to put that there so yeah. that it's not safe doesn't it's not my concern mm-hmm. but it's changing a lot now um, this is I, I'm not going to have you guys touch this because it's nasty but <laughs> this is the demo model obviously <laughs> this is something called cyber skin okay which is there's nothing in here that's actually unsafe for you but you can see and this is just from people touching it all of this dirt that's on here yeah. cyber skin is really really porous so if you even just touch that you're yeah. going to get dirt on it and the dirt will never come out of it it also this is one that is a little bit different you can't even tell what that is anymore it looks like a, <laughs> a super sized deformed nipple it looks like silly you're very close <laughs> is what yeah, it actually looks like very close so what's that what, what so was that, that at some point that was uh, a piece that came along with this toy where they put the little... If you've ever seen in sex shops, they put the little mouth or a little something on the outside of the box so you can see what the material feels like. Yes. That's what this is. Oh, my God. And so you could, that's just from that sitting around, it basically melted. 
so because this... of how porous and soft it is. Oh, and it's sticky too. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's and obviously not something you would ever sell. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't sell anything with the chemicals in it. This okay. is one that has um, a chemical called phthalate. People might be familiar with phthalates. They um, basically melt plastic so that you can make the plastic soft and flexible. Okay. But this stuff comes out of the toys all the time. Like it degrades so over the time, plastic, right? Yeah. Over time, it's going to start falling apart because the phthalate is coming out. And then it gets, that's what you're feeling, that oily, sticky stuff. Yeah. That's phthalate. So um, what, what, you described them, this elastopolymer stuff. What did you say? Elastomer. Elastomers. And it, so what's the chemical difference? Obviously, it doesn't degrade. Yeah. The difference with elastomer is that they don't use the chemicals to make it. Any chemicals that are used in the process to get it to the softness they want mm-hmm. uh, are vacuumed out of it before oh. it goes into uh, the packaging. So, so you're not going to have that stuff coming out of it. So we, we started in talking about some of the more popular toys, and you're obviously selling the really safe stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this the safe? Are the safe products really hard to source, or not anymore? Not anymore. Yeah, they used to be. So you it, started your store in 2003, and back then it was mm-hmm. really tough to find good stuff. It was harder than it is now because what's happened. I think we have um, the internet, and I also think we have Sex in the City. To thank for this because people are actually talking about sex toys now and they're able to get information. So now people kind of know that there's things that they need to be concerned about because they can see websites from good manufacturers, from good retailers. They've seen examples on television. So now they're starting to know, I need to ask some questions. And it's pushed the manufacturers to make better and better toys. Because when the demand is for something that's safer, that's more reliable, then the product is going to get designed yeah. that that matches that. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the only thing working in favor of capitalism right now. Yes, <laughs> yeah. we're communists, everybody. <laughs> yeah, so now you get companies like this that have come into the market that are making these gorgeous toys. That looks like an Apple product. Yes, it, looks, it does, doesn't it's it? It's like space-aged. Yeah, it's, what, is, yeah. What, are you, what are you showing us right now? So this is a vibrator made by a company called Lilo. Okay. And Lilo is in Sweden. Um, they're probably about four or five years old now. And so what they did was they thought, people are actually using this stuff. It's not a novelty. People actually want them. And women are really the biggest market in sex toys right now. Yeah. So, you know, women don't really want something like this nasty purple veiny penis thing. It we is might the think least they do. Thing I've ever seen. <laughs> but they don't. We really don't want that. <laughs> What we want is something that works well, that's nice, that we don't have to feel bad about buying. Yeah. So these are really high-quality toys. They're actually rechargeable, too. Like that thing has a little dock you would put it on? It's just like your cell phone. You just plug it in to an adapter, plug it into your wall for a couple hours, and then you can use it for a couple hours. So I was half expecting it to be a USB (laughs) plug-in. I'm not going to lie. Well, we happen to have that. Oh, my God. She's In case you can't hear her, she is reaching into her bag upon me saying a USB attachment. There and she has something with USB. <laughs> so you you use it to ch- you charge it in your computer. That charges it, yes. I wonder if they'll yeah. ever make a device so where a that like tracks your sessions for you because you know how they have like <laughs> like sports devices yeah, and stuff like, like that. Yeah, like an exercise machine. That's really cool. <laughs> it That's like... made by Lilo as well. Wow. So the perfect little travel vibe because it's tiny. And you plug it into your laptop then, on the yeah. go. Yeah. You that just plug like it the... into your laptop for the, and charge it. For the traveling it. business woman. <laughs> Yes, it is. It totally is. And it re- it looks like a mascara. 
It does. It looks if, so. You would never if know you, if you were caught by customs with that in your backpack. They'd assume it was lipstick. Yes. Can I turn it on? Yeah, absolutely. Just hold oh, on that plus sign. Apparently, I can't. I don't know if you can hear that, listeners. It's but very quiet it's, and very powerful, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gets more powerful if you keep pressing. Oh, that's fantastic! <laughs> Do you want to hold this, Scott? <laughs> it's very vibrant. I found something that, I like. that is actually surprisingly strong for such a small, mm-hmm. you know, plug-in vibrator. N- not only like I mean, obviously the manufacturers have moved away from making these obnoxious, like you know, penis-molded kind of things, and mm-hmm. are and are. I mean, these are. The industrial design, these are very attractive. Like, I, I look at this and I'm like, that's exactly. it's a cool device. I'd leave it out on my shelf so everybody yeah. can see it kind of thing. So That's, that's really... what people say when well, they was, see I, some of these toys. Yeah, yeah, I was even going to say with the, uh, with the other one, with the green one, and you'll see the picture on our website. Uh, if a layperson went by and did not have in their mind that someone, that they're looking at someone's vibrator out on their nightstand, they mm-hmm. might not even know what that was. Yeah. Yeah. The only problem with that is when, like, uh, Granny comes over and, and starts asking, oh, what's this? What do you use this for? Is this a kitchen device? You what's could, it doing in the kitchen? You, sure. could, just, you could describe it as a uh, as a, one of those little back massages. Yeah. It's an electric well, whisk. Well, and you certainly could use it that way, so. Um, is is that uh, the first Lilo that you showed, showed us, the green one? Is that more one of the more popular vibrators? Absolutely. Nowadays, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Lilos are really, really popular because they're such good quality mm-hmm. and they're pretty. Yeah. You know, so you pay more for a toy like this, but you'll have it for years and years and years. So this is a really good example of people getting serious about wanting to have toys and wanting to use them. Well, and the like the shocking difference between the quality of yes. that and that you should really yeah. take a picture of the two of them. Yeah. Um, uh, just it's it's night and day between not just the quality, but the construction, the aesthetic design. It's shocking. It yeah. is a vibrator. For the 21st century, and not, you know, one that is meant to terrify anyone who's thinking of using it. Because, I mean, exactly. I'm looking at this dildo here, and it's, it is, well, I mean, it's scary. <laughs> you know, that's not something that I want to have anywhere near me. Yeah, exactly. It's okay if it stays right there, though. That's fine. Um, what's the <laughs> price point on something like this? What, what can people expect to pay? This one, the Lilo Live is 132 Okay. The little... Um, lipstick mascara one is sixty nine. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and pricing. I would I'm actually I'm legitimately shocked that the little one is less expensive. And that's because you'd expect something that's more compact, you plug mm-hmm. into your computer to charge up. Mm-hmm. You'd yeah. expect that to be more expensive, but yeah. it's more affordable. That amazes me. Mm-hmm. And obviously these are much longer lasting and their old counterparts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, they're not running off of yeah. a, a battery. They've got like a lithium-ion battery yeah. or something in there. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Well, plus uh, like the, the case of it is, is obviously more durable. You know, it's... Mm-hmm. Part of the reason why this is more expensive is because this has a silicone casing on it. This mm-hmm. rubber is silicone and that is more expensive material to produce. This is a medical-grade plastic. So there's a part, part of the differences in that. Now, how would you clean either of those? Just soap and water. Really? Yeah. Astonishing. Yeah. Yeah. They're not completely waterproof, but um, most of it, of it is, so you don't have to worry too much about getting water on it. That's really cool. Yeah. You don't have to do crazy stuff. There are places that tell people to do all these incredible things to clean their toys. Just soap and water. That's all you need. And well, just clean them regularly, and that's all you got to do. Bearing in mind, of course, that these will that they're be good used quality. again, so you yeah. don't want to be 
putting any chemicals that you've cleaned them with. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I've seen people say, um, use bleach on your toys. Oh, are you kidding? That's I wouldn't not want to a good put idea. bleach anywhere near anything that no. I consider that important. That's inviting a, <laughs> a chemical burn. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. If any of that stays on there, that is just oh, asking for trouble. And it'll wreck your toys, too. Yeah. And bleach is really strong. You put bleach on something like that, it'll dissolve it. And if you put bleach on silicone, it won't hurt it, but I mean... It could hurt you. It would be kind of cool to do like a, a, you know, product comparison, old school vibrator dildo Mm -hmm. compared to like the ones that are manufactured with like medical grade plastic and silicone, dip them both in something caustic and do a time lapse of them. (laughs) Yeah. Because I think the results would be, I mean, what we'd all expect, of course, but probably you'd probably be shocked. At how fast like that big purple dildo would disintegrate. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like. It would, actually. We've seen that. I mean, some of this stuff is falling apart and disintegrating and that's just from sitting around yeah yeah Um, one of the things you can do and and i do this sometimes even though it's not very safe thing to do is you can um, set your toys on fire to see what they're made out of. <laughs> yes, don't try this at home. <laughs> just don't, don't inhale whatever comes yeah. off of it especially <laughs> if they've been used that would yeah. be weird <laughs> because there are manufacturers that just put silicone on the packaging mm-hmm. but they don't explain what kind of silicone or how it was made so if you're not sure what it is if it's 100% silicone it will not burn and it won't melt. You can expose it to an enormous amount of heat and it really? won't melt. So occasionally when I get something that I'm interested in carrying but I'm not completely sure, I'll just yeah, take a match to it and see what happens. <laughs> That's a great And if it melts, test, then we don't carry it. So. Oh, okay. Now, we got a little sidetracked, but with good purpose, and, and it was a great uh, area to sidetrack into. Uh, we've, we've looked at two toys for ladies now and one for men mm, and we right. had originally started on the topic of let's take a look at some men's toys so but maybe yes, we should we take a look at another one of those and as brenda pointed out there aren't toys that are just for men. oh yes just... well no. that are that are a little more shall we say uh men sensitive <laughs> okay <laughs> i guess we'll say that <laughs> what have you got yeah. for us? um so these would be penis rings mm-hmm. and what you can do with them is either little things that will just constrict so they sit around the base and they keep the blood from flowing back out. So that creates more sensation, makes you feel better. Yep. Um, and then there's all kinds of different rings that have vibrators in them. Right. So it's basically a wearable toy for the guy if he likes the vibration sensation or for his partner, if his partner enjoys that too. Or both perhaps. Yeah, or sure. both. <laughs> yeah, different kinds of things like that. Oh, ah. Well, this is, how does this, how does this work? <laughs> You need to take a picture of that one. It's just bizarre. It looks like an alien pincer, (laughs) a blue alien pincer. It kind of does. It does, yeah. (laughs) But Um, it's a fabulous toy. Yeah. So this is a vibrating ring. It's called a For Us ring. And what some toy makers have tried to figure out now is how people can use toys together without having them kind of get in the way right right if you just have a standard sort of vibrator you have to hold on to that you have to be in the right position for it to work okay but with something like this it fits onto the base of the penis so it's a wearable toy okay and then this one most rings will just give you that little bit of vibration right where you're wearing it right Right. this one actually vibrates the entire penis feel here Holy cow. That vibration is coming from that ring. That's phenomenal. So you put that on and it gives you vibration all through you. That's... uh, And then your partner can feel that too. That's amazing. That's actually, it's surprisingly, I'll say potent. Yes. It is highly (laughs) potent. Uh, That's a really new toy and it's quite popular now. 
I can see why. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. They work really well. They're amazing. You know, you can use it on a toy like that, but you can also use it on a person. So then it becomes, you know, kind of play together type of thing. The thing that you had that wrapped around, is is that a vibrator? Or is yeah. That, okay. Yeah. So this purple one is a standard sort of silicone vibe. Well, not exactly standard. It's a really good quality toy. Many speeds. It's got... Yes. It sounds like a base engine. <laughs> rumbling... <laughs> It's actually got an Next airplane engine in it. It's yeah. uh, this one will run you ten thousand dollars. No, I'm just kidding. It's sometimes we compare the noises and well, what does this one sound like in that one? This one is a weed whacker. <laughs> this one is a mix master. <laughs> so you've got your your I, section of discreet yeah. sounding toys, right? And your your loud toys. I'm sorry, but the, the the word weed whacker in a sex, and a sex toy is not good. Yeah, it's, just, yeah. it's Scott shifted. People don't tend to like those ones. <laughs> oh yeah. wow, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to cross my legs now. So do you, do you get a lot of uh, um, couples coming in together? Do you get a lot yeah. of guys coming in by themselves? Yes. What's your clientele yes like? And yes. yes and yes. Um, in the store, it's really diverse. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of men that come into the store. We have a lot of women. We have a lot of couples. That's awesome. Um, lots of men that come by themselves. You know, when we say we're a women-friendly store, but we're certainly not just for women. Of course not. Now, in the context of the of the parties that you do, mm-hmm. do you generally just do parties with with the ladies, or do you also do parties like mixed couples? Do you do parties mm-hmm. with just guys? We'll do parties for anybody that wants them. Have you ever done a just a guy party? No. Yeah, I, I, but I, I'm going to. I've you, got one set. That's fantastic. Technically, yeah. she's doing one right now. <laughs> yes, she is. Yes. <laughs> a very small Scott, party. Scott and I both brought our checkbook, so <laughs> it'll be all, all good. Yeah. <laughs> the parties tend to be more women because mm-hmm. I think that's just women are familiar with that concept, and that's just something they do is get together and, and have those kinds of shopping parties. Yeah, it seems to me. No, it seems to me that there would be, um, I don't know, there, there would be almost, I don't want to say ignorance, when it comes to sex toys with guys, but that most guys wouldn't consider to go out and buy a sex toy or or to to do anything like that for I'm going to say for themselves, anything for their own pleasure or something that would enhance their pleasure, as opposed to maybe getting something for their girlfriend. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it seems to me yeah. that, that that the concept of of uh, a sex toy for a man is something that's newish. I almost want to say. Well, and it would. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, probably. Like as a guy, it would never occur to me to just you know, go and buy something for myself. I'm not saying it's unusual. It's just not, so- I think it's something that you'll start to see more of as, yeah. as sexual yes. education. And we start talking about this stuff more, particularly mm-hmm. in North America. But uh, yeah, no, that's yeah. definitely a new concept for guys, I think. I think so. And I think there's the idea that um, sex toys are only vibrators and vibrators are just for women. Mm-hmm. And we're still, I think we're coming out of that now, but people still have that kind of idea if they haven't really been exposed to what's out there yeah. for sex toys. So um, some men think, well, why would I even bother? Because those are for women. True. Um, but we do have a lot of men that come in to buy toys just for themselves, which is really kind of cool to see. So when what's the, what's the shopping experience like at your store? I, I don't imagine that anyone really comes in there for the first time and just comes in and out to, to buy something and leaves. Sometimes. Sometimes? Sometimes. Not often, but sometimes. Are people yep. generally pretty open about being like, how would I use this? And just talking about sex. For the most part. Yeah? Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I think we've created a sort of an atmosphere where that's okay. We have, when people come in, there's a sign in the front that explains what we're all about and that it is okay to ask questions and it's fine to look around and play with stuff without asking or without buying anything. Mm-hmm. And we have demos of every toy that we sell 
sitting out where people can pick them up and play around with them and see what they're all about. Um, you don't have to ask. Yeah. You don't have to go and say, can you please take this out of the box so I can play with it? You just go and play and do whatever you want to do. And then if you have questions, there's people there to ask, answer those for you. Fantastic. Um, tell me, I want to know a little bit more about these sex toy parties because mm -hmm. uh, I might have one. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, how often are people booking you guys to do these kinds of things? Um, most often on the weekends. People like to do their parties on the weekends. So yeah. weekends, we're we're booked pretty much solid. Really? So, yeah, like two to three weeks in advance. We Will had, you do a couple a day, or is it usually like... Usually two a day, yeah. two to three. Um, depends on, you know, we're getting bigger and bigger, so we're going to expand that. Right now we have the capacity for about two or three a day. Wow. Um, we have a little team that uh, works and does parties with That's us. Fantastic. So. Uh, and you, I read in your bio on your website that you... Uh, you like to do the parties a lot. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things that yes. you really enjoy. Yeah. What is it about that 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 makes you excited? It's the funnest. Funnest isn't really a word, but <laughs> <laughs> it's the funnest job you can have. Yeah. Um, I often, you know, I'll finish doing a party and I get to meet all these great people and they're having a fun time and we're talking about fun stuff. And it really is, you know, it's not like counseling like I used to do, but it really is improving people's lives because they feel better about... Um, Maybe they have a common experience with other people or they're going to go home and try something new or, you know, they've had their questions answered. So we're really doing something that's helping people, yeah. that's improving their lives and having a really fun time doing it. So you just can't beat, you know, having this as your job, getting to go out and party and talk about sex and play with sex toys. And that's what I get to do for a living. It's amazing. Do you think that uh, opening a store like this would have been possible 20 years ago? Would the, would the level of enthusiasm and uh, people sort of casting aside their their embarrassment, I guess, were, was society ready for it? Um, not here, I don't believe. Not in Edmonton? No. Um, in Edmonton, I don't believe so. The beginning of the sort of women-centered sex shops started in the, the mid-80s, mm -hmm. in the States. Um, here, we didn't start seeing them until the early 90s, mid-90s, um, and mostly out east. Mm -hmm. So we're seeing a couple starting to start up in Toronto. We had one in Vancouver that started. I'm not sure when they started up. Um, so 20 years ago, no. Um, 10 years ago, probably. Yeah. Because it was starting to get there where people were really talking about it, and the party um, idea had come up. Um, we live in a pretty conservative province. Yes, we do. Um, I do think that Edmonton in particular is much less conservative than people think it is. Mm -hmm. And uh, as soon as I started the store, I had so many people come in and say, I'm so glad you're here. Finally, we finally have one. We finally have a good sex shop. Well, and so there's people who want it. Yeah, and the reason that, that, uh, that we invited you on the show is because... I've heard the, your company's name, the, ta the Traveling t uh, Tickle Trunk, which is obviously a tongue twister <laughs> It's hard for me, to say, yes. <laughs> but um, at least three people have told me about it and, oh, and, and gushed about it, actually. So that's great. Good to hear. I'm, I'm realizing now that a lot of the things that we're saying <laughs> it could be taken as innuendo. You know, everyone's gushing oh, about it. Anyways. Everything's an innuendo when you work in this industry. <laughs> you guys must have <laughs> so much fun. We do, yes. We had a really good time when we were um, actually putting the store together and we were, like, building the shelves and everything because every single thing you say is some sort of sexual <laughs> innuendo. I'm putting up the shelves now. <laughs> Ooh, that's dirty. Yeah, it does sound dirty. <laughs> 
kind of made up quotes of all the things that were floating around. Yeah, it's so, fun. <laughs> I know we, we kind of touched on it before, but it's it's kind of on topic to what we were just on. What what are your thoughts of some of the other sex shops in town, like uh, like Source Adult and Love Boutique and, and all the other sex shops that you see around. Scott knows the names of a lot of sex shops. <laughs> They're everywhere. I'm just he saying. did his research. <laughs> yeah. I've researched thoroughly. Is. Well, and I guess, I mean, we don't want to slag those other businesses. No. But, but what, you know, you're... you're... From, as, as someone inside that industry, mm-hmm. yeah. what's kind of your opinion of, shall we say, the more generic? Yeah, oh, I guess. Uh, the whole, the sex sexy shops. wholesalers. Right. <laughs> um... Two things that I would say about that. One is that there there is a place for everybody, you know, and there, mm-hmm. Love Boutique is across the street from us. And we will send people over there because they're looking for some of the things that they sell. We don't do lingerie. We don't do novelty stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're looking for decorations for your stagette, if you're looking for a cute, raunchy little card or something like that, people need that kind of stuff. And we don't do that. So we send people to those stores for that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, but the other thing that I would say about it is not that, that anybody's doing a bad job. It just, I think that that kind of model is what we've always known for a sex shop, you know, just to have tons and tons of stuff, no differentiation between it, yeah. no sort of quality control, just a bunch of stuff, and you choose what you like and what you don't like. I think that that is um, an older model. Yeah. And that it's kind of going by the wayside now that we're moving towards this sort of thing that we're doing. And there's a lot of companies that are following that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would imagine that, that you guys are staffed rather differently as well. I mean, you, yeah. you come from an education background, a, mm-hmm. a social work background. Yeah. How do you pick the people that work at your store? We screen really, really carefully I'm sure. who we're going to bring into the store. We don't have a large staff. And I try where I can to find people who have some knowledge already mm-hmm. about um, sexual health and sex toys. We really lean towards people who have some sort of um, human service or health background, like social work or nursing or mm-hmm. health in some way. Um, and, and it's hard to find those kinds of people, but we really try to focus on that wherever we can. Cool. And then we do a, a ton of training. Oh, There's I'm a sure. lot, a lot of training that I, goes into. I mean, I could. I am trying to imagine myself working in such a place, and I, I would probably repeatedly have my foot in my mouth, just because like <laughs> you're dealing with a, a sensitive issue yeah. that not everyone's 100% comfortable with necessarily. So yes. I, I mean, so uh, along those lines, what are some of the if you can tell us, what are some of the more odd questions you've got from mm. customers? So, yeah, there's not, I I'm really protect people's privacy, so I don't like to say too much about what people say in sure. this store. Um, but one of the things is that people ask me that all the time. What's the weirdest thing that's ever happened? And mm-hmm. I have a really high tolerance for weird. <laughs> yeah. So things don't strike me as being particularly strange. Um so, yeah, I can't even think of anything that would be really odd. Yeah, I imagine you've seen it all at this point. Yeah, yeah, we kind of have. <laughs> and that's something I really enjoy that, actually, is people with all kinds of different interests, experience, background, and uh, just trying to help them find what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. So I imagine that you you uh, enjoy uh, hitting up, like, trade shows and stuff. Like oh, yeah. Like that taboo sex show that comes through Edmonton would be, it would be a good time for, for you. 
and yeah. for and for your your staff and for your company. Oh yeah, for sure. You get to see what's around. We participate in that, so we have a a booth that's there every year. Yeah. Um, but we also look around and see what everybody else is doing and what's new and other businesses that are in the city because we like to connect up with other places too. You know, whoever, especially local people. I really like to connect with local businesses and try to support them. Yeah, you know, and they'll support us. We work together. That's great. Um, we go to. Uh, there's a trade show in Los Angeles every year that's the big manufacturer's trade show, so we try to get to that as often as we can. There's one that happens in Berlin, too, so I'm hoping to get there sometime <laughs> soon. This Maybe this is the year. I hope so. <laughs> Cross my fingers for you. So there you go. Get into uh, the sex toy business, and you get the opportunity to travel the globe. <laughs> Looking at sex toys, yeah. <laughs> That'd be a hell of a job. Scott, we're in the wrong industry, my friend. Clearly. On that it's note. It's pretty fun. <laughs> on that note, we should take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk to Brenda some more about some of the bigger issues of sex in North America. At least that's what I'm going to do. And we'll... Uh, and Bren- I'm going to snicker in the background immaturely looking at all the toys on the table. <laughs> and, and Brenda has an exclusive offer for listeners of the Unknown Studio. So we will be right back. Have you considered sponsoring or advertising on a local podcast? Well, this is your opportunity. The Unknown Studio is looking for advertisers. If you're interested, contact Adam at theunknownstudio.ca or Scott at theunknownstudio.ca, and this space could be filled with your ad. Now, back to the show. And we're back. Uh, At this point, we should note... And thank the Edmonton, Edmonton Journal. Journal. Yes, that's right. The Edmonton Journal is one of our sponsors, one of our only sponsors. Other companies are listening to this podcast. And uh, they've got a really cool mobile website that uh, you can access using your BlackBerry or iPhone. And if you have a BlackBerry, you can download their mobile launcher from our website. It will be at the bottom of the post for this show. Finally, I happen to see Karen Unland, the Edmonton Journal's online editor soliciting suggestions for an Edmonton Journal iPhone app the other day. So, iPhone users, there may be some Edmonton Journal-y goodness coming your way. Also, you should read the Edmonton Journal, which is a fine local publication. I guess. I mean, whatever. All right, back to sex. (laughs) I wanted to ask you, Brenda, uh, what your thoughts are and what kind of feelings you experienced when Bill 44 was passed. Because for those of you who don't know, and if you don't, I can't believe you, uh, Bill 44 is a a bill that the province of Alberta passed that basically allows parents to remove their children from learning stuff they don't agree with, essentially. Basically. And and teachers, it's the onus is on teachers to warn the parents that Mm -hmm. potentially contentious stuff is being discussed in the classroom, which is absurd because anyone who's been in a classroom knows that random questions pop up mm-hmm. all the time. Yes. And it's on the threat of going before a human rights tribunal, yeah, too, yeah. which is yeah. just ridiculous. Heavy-handed uh, mm-hmm. bureaucracy from the governing party here in Alberta. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah what does it I... mean for sex ed? For Are we going to have generations of people who are sexually stupid? Well, we already do. <laughs> <laughs> we already the two do. hosts of this show, and, and I think it's taking it several steps backwards. We're already having a problem with people being so scared to say anything about sex in schools because they're going to get their hands slapped or worse. Yeah. And 
there's so much input in that from um, parents groups, from other lobby groups that we don't allow, you know, other people to have an influence on the math curriculum. <laughs> Why do we let them talk about what we can put into a comm curriculum or what we can say about sex ed? I just don't understand that. Some very obvious basics that people need that to people know. people need to know, exactly. And if you don't want your children to know those things, um, that concerns me. You know, they're going to find out at some point anyway. And is it not better to find out in school? It's called the internet. Exactly. Like, or, or worse. Well, or yeah, worse, I mean, even worse, yeah. It does bother me personally, and I, I'm pretty sure I speak for Adam, to mm-hmm. say that, that a, to see a parent who would be willing to choose to withhold knowledge from their child as yeah. opposed to letting their child see all of the available facts and make a decision on their own mm-hmm. or even make a decision with with their parents like guidance but to have access right. to that information rather than just with, withholding yeah. it yeah i mean it seems like if that's if that's a parent's idea of how you raise a child then you failed as a parent frankly yeah, I, I'm, I, think so I feel too. fairly confident in saying that because there's i don't know about you guys but i don't always agree with my parents and will argue and will will agree to disagree and you know maybe it's i mean in the context of sexuality i can't think of what that might be off the top of my head uh sex before marriage w- would probably be a pretty damn good example of that that's just not something that i think my parents agreed with now mm-hmm. <laughs> they have three boys uh who've all probably broken their rules about those kinds of things yeah. i will say but um you know, they. I think they recognize that doesn't mean that they've failed as parents, and it doesn't mean that their kids are idiots either. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just yeah. a different set of values now. Exactly. I think you need to talk to your kids about your values, to let them be exposed to all kinds of things, but then talk to those, talk to them about those things. You know, okay, what did you learn in school today? Well, this is what I believe. Yeah. You know, this is what we think, and this is what we think is best for you. And over time, as they get older, they start to evaluate those things and figure out: is that what I believe? Mm-hmm. Um, on a on a, a similar subject, what are your thoughts on? And I know we don't really see as much of it in Canada, um, but it is prevalent in the states. Abstinence only sex education. It does not work. <laughs> it does easy. not work, yeah. and it has been proven that it does not work. And there have been research studies, very good research studies that are out now that have shown the effects of abstinence-only education, and it does not do anything to reduce the um, initial age that kids start having sex. It doesn't do anything. In fact, it is a little bit worse really? than other programs in terms of uh, pregnancy prevention and uh, sexually transmitted infection prevention. Because you're not teaching kids. Because you're not giving them all the information. Exactly. It's assuming, it's just telling them, don't do it. Well, Well, some of them are going to choose to do it. The moment you say that to a kid, right? Then they start to wonder, why not? Well, you're making it It Must be something good. Right, exactly. And it is, frankly. (laughs) If it it wasn't good, then you wouldn't be concerned about it. So why are you telling me not to do it? If it wasn't good, you would not be here, child. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We're still doing this. So so it's better, I think, to arm them with education. Again, you can say, you know, uh, for parents, you can say, I don't believe that you should be having sex, and this is why. But... I also don't believe you should be ignorant. So here's all these things that you need to know about. You know, here are all the different ways of birth control. Here's what all of these things that you're going to hear. This is what all of this stuff means. Yeah. And so but I don't you believe do, you should be having So if you sex. do make the choice to go out and do it, yeah. 
at the very least, you're forearmed with the knowledge of how to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. I have to say, uh, thank God for the likes of Sue Johansson and Dan Savage, because, I mean, we took sex ed in school, and I, I was taught, and they teach you the mechanics of sex, like the biological mechanics right. of it, Yeah, which is as instructive as, you know, reading a manual for the first ever created computer like what the hell do i care really mm-hmm. i mean yes okay if i want to pursue a career in biology this is important and i need to know which thing goes into what hole and all that stuff but um i i would love to see more classroom instruction and i haven't been in the classroom in years but classroom instruction that describes and answers questions the likes of which are asked on Sue Johansson's yeah, show. Exactly. Because we're kidding ourselves if we think we're doing kids a service by just teaching them the biology. Of mm-hmm. it. Because it's not just biology, obviously. It's all it's all tied in with emotions. And we are a sexual species. Yeah. And that's not going to change except through millions of years of forced breeding and evolution. <laughs> <laughs> that is my tirade for today. Excellent. It was a good one. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, I mean, why do you think that we don't talk about sex the way that adults talk about sex with each other, the way that couples talk about sex? Why don't we do that in the classroom? Is it And it's because of things like Bill 44, I'm guessing. I think, yeah, I, I think it's because there are um, relatively small, I believe, but very, very vocal groups who believe that um, pleasure is bad. And that we should basically separate ourselves from our bodies and that sexuality has nothing to do with you as a person. It's just sort of a side thing that's there so that you can make babies when you need to. The procreation argument. Yeah. And, you know, if that's your values, that's okay. And I'm not saying people can't have those religious values. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But many of us don't. And so it's to me, it's not appropriate and not fair for those small groups who are very, very loud to push that agenda on everybody else because it's been proven that that kind of education doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. So why are you putting everybody else's children at risk to further your values? You know, that's exactly what they accuse other people of doing, but this is what they're doing. Yeah. Hypocrisy. Um, Now, Scott, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, even the extremely emotionless and logical Vulcans still have sex and make love and do all those fabulous things. At least once every seven years. That's true. <laughs> it is kind of like a religion, isn't it? <laughs> Sorry, we have to put a Star Trek reference in every single show. It's Excellent. part of my contract. Okay. It is now, at least. <laughs> Which doesn't exist. <laughs> so we're agreed that Bill 44 is the dumbest thing that has been done by the government in recent memory. Um, it's hard to choose. <laughs> I was totally but... baiting you. <laughs> But it would be one of, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. What people don't want to recognize, but is absolutely true, is that kids in school, we know this now. From a young age, kids know if they're gay. Mm -hmm. They know if they might be bisexual. They know if they might have some sort of um, kink or fetish, or maybe they're transgendered, or those kinds of things. Um... The more that we accept it, the earlier kids can recognize that that's going on for them. So whether we like it or not, it's happening. It exists for people. And if we take all of that out of the education system and we never talk about it, those kids just feel like, I'm a freak. 
yeah, you... there's something wrong with me. There's nobody I can talk to about this because nobody ever says anything about it. So there must be something wrong with me. And that leads to so many problems. If we at least have it so that, I mean, you don't have to get into huge discussions about it, but at least make it okay to mention it, yeah. to talk about it from time to time, then at least those kids can recognize, oh, that's me. I'm not weird. That does go on. And at its very worst, not talking about it, as we've seen with homophobic assaults. I mean, at, the, at worst, yeah. people are being attacked over biology. Yeah. And something that, that is just who they are. Yeah. Well, and it, I would say it even goes both ways on that because... Was that if you'll, No, that wasn't. That was <laughs> completely unintentional. But what, what I mean to say is that education about that kind of thing not only allows people who are gay or are transgendered or are bisexual to understand themselves. Mm -hmm. It helps other people understand them. Exactly. And it prevents exactly, exactly the kind of violence or misunderstanding yes. or fear, fear, fear. Yeah. that uh, creates situations like you were mm -hmm. just describing. I always replace the word homosexual with black person. Yeah. And then, and then when you look at it that way, changes. you're just like, wow, humanity is really dumb. Like, yes. It's, it's, it's sad and it's, it, it, it makes me mad that uh, you know, people, gay people, transgender people, whatever, still have to fight against this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I feel like society in general has moved beyond it. Like I, I really do feel. Yes, like I think so too. The general population is okay with it, and and rightly so. They they absolutely should be okay with it, more than okay with it. But our government, I'm going to say, the, our leaders, our our political leaders, have their heads lodged firmly up their asses on this one, no question. And yeah, if it's I think a, they're behind the times. Yeah, way behind. Like to me, this isn't no. even an issue anymore. It just, mm -hmm. but someone always makes it an issue. So. Mm -hmm. I would agree. Well, that's depressing. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you something that's totally not related, because I saw this uh, at the beginning of January. Some British researchers have determined that the female G spot does not exist. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? <laughs> There's always, you know, every couple of months there's a study like this that comes out because there's all these. This one I'm not familiar with. I have not had the time to go and read the study. Neither have I. Um, but I know there's been several in the past. And usually it's uh, some sort of drug company or it's uh, there's some sort of angle as to why they're studying this. Or partly because, I mean, it's, it's salacious stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So people want to they can get funding for that kind of research. So that's the research they do. Yeah. Um, and you really have to be very clear, critical about that stuff because how did they do the study? How many women were involved? What did they look at? What are they actually saying when they say it doesn't exist? So, you know, we've had some that say it does, some that say it doesn't. And what I personally believe about this and what we talk about um, in the workshops and things we do at the store is that it seems from all of the research and from all of the information we have from women, mm -hmm. that there is a place in the vagina, in that spot, that is, for most women, extremely pleasurable. But maybe not For all most women. women. Right. Some women do not enjoy it. Some women don't find that's particularly sensitive. We're still not completely certain exactly why it is. There's some really good theories about what's there that's such, causing that sensation. Such as? Um, the, the leading one is that we have... Um, because men and women are a lot more similar than you think they are. So when we differentiate when we're fetuses, it's the same body parts. Yeah. So men have the prostate, which serves a very specific purpose. And there is a belief that it's sort of like prostate tissue that surrounds um, the urethra. Mm -hmm. In women, there's this spongy tissue there. They know that that's there and that maybe somehow 
that creates the same kind of pleasure that men get when the prostate is massaged. Hmm. So um, there's other theories that it's basically embedded clitoral tissue because the clitoris is way bigger than anybody thinks that it is. It has roots, it has legs, it has and nerve endings <laughs> all everywhere. Cool. So that could be. But, you know, we don't know for sure. And I don't think we need to know. I no, think probably not. you just need to know as an individual, is that something I like? Yeah. Is that something I want to try out and see if I like it? Well, and that's, I would argue, kind of the uh, what people should have as a mindset going into any sort of sexual situation. It's, Absolutely. Do I, do I personally like this? Am I personally interested in trying this? Does this make me uncomfortable? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about fetishes and kinks. It's the same thing. Yeah. I mean, that might work for some people. It might not work for others. You yeah. Know? Some people like leather and, and chaps and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. I am one of those people. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm a sensitive lover. <laughs> The more you know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Brenda, before we launch into other questions, I want to talk about this little offer you have for our listeners. Mm -hmm. What are you willing to do for for our sexually repressed and and sexually obsessed listeners uh, before Valentine's Day? They're not repressed. I hope not. (laughs) (laughs) But even if you are, um, what we would like to do for um, your listeners, our listeners here, is if you come into the store and let us know that you've heard the show, um, that you heard Brenda on the show, then you can get $5 off anything you purchase that's $40 or more. That's fantastic. And that's until Valentine's Day. Right so up until have, that day. You will have about a week to take advantage of this offer. Yeah. So this will be not not on Valentine's Day, but right up to February 13th. Including Valentine's okay. Day. Perfect. Yeah. That's awesome. If you're a late shopper, which many people are. I will oh, be. <laughs> I didn't realize it's Valentine's Day. <laughs> do you, get a, do you guys get, get a there. tremendous amount of traffic around Valentine's Day? Yes. Yeah? Noticeable. Yeah, we do. Yeah. And we just opened the store just before Valentine's Day last year. We opened on February 2nd. So we did notice there was a lot of traffic then, but... This year already, it's starting to pick up. Well, happy anniversary in that case. Oh, thank you. We're almost there. Um, yeah, we're almost a year old. Are there any other times of the year that that get that are sexy for people? Mm. Do, do you guys get a lot of <laughs> gift buying at Christmas? Yeah, and, really, absolutely. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Christmas is really big. Um, it's amazing. People will buy sex toys for their partners for Christmas. I think, I think that's, that's really so cool. great. Yeah, yeah. Is well, there? I did. Are there any surprising <laughs> times of year? Where just suddenly you see a pickup of business and you're like, it's St. Patrick's Day. What's going on? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's hot for people, apparently. Um, All the green vibrators are gone. On yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> we have green vibrators. Um, in the summer, it tends to be a little bit busier. Um, part of that is because wedding season. Okay. People oh, are getting yeah. married, so people are having stagettes. They're having they're buying wedding presents, shower presents, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and I just think people are more, the spring and summer, people are more interested in being a little more active. Yeah. You'd think you want to keep warm in the winter, but a lot of us are just like hibernating. We're too cranky. Yeah. <laughs> At least yeah, I am. We're cold and cranky and we don't want to venture out. So yeah. it's a little slower in the winter. Cool. I suppose now is uh, an excellent time to launch into the Fast 15 then. So you didn't get a chance to listen to any of our shows, which is fair because I haven't had a chance to come to your store yet. So we're even. Okay. Well, we have I to think trade I may then. have been at a 
sex party once. Really? Which you, you may have hosted. <laughs> Could be. Scott can't so. remember. I think I was at a sex party. No, no, party I once. was, sex but I don't party. recall if it was traveling tickle trunk. I'm right. pretty certain it was. Could and have been. You may very well have been the hostess. It was Could several years ago. Though, cool. So. So the Fast 15, Brenda, is a it's a set of 13 standard questions we ask of all our guests and then two wild card questions. It's okay. just something <laughs> to end the show with, uh, you know, uh, a little bit of energy, a little bit of excitement. And, okay. and an opportunity for our listeners to get to know you a little better. All righty. Should I be scared? No, nope. not at all. Uh, <laughs> they're really innocuous and banal questions, actually. Oh, okay. So, uh, here, we'll start with question number one, the Fast 15 with Brenda Kerber. Here we go, Brenda. Your favorite food? Uh, lasagna. Your favorite color? Purple. Uh, in terms of computers, Mac, PC, or Linux? Oh, I have a PC, but I just bought an iPhone, so... Uh-oh, converted. Uh, yeah, possibly. Uh, outstanding. <laughs> uh, dogs or cats? Dogs. Your first vehicle? Uh, was a Chrysler LeBaron. Nice. Did John Voigt drive it? Does anyone watch Seinfeld? <laughs> <laughs> uh, your, your favorite holiday? Valentine's Day. Outstanding. Your favorite sport? Oh, I don't like sports at all. Sex is my favorite sport. That's a good answer. Uh, <laughs> fa- favorite pastime? Um, I can't say sex because I just said You can say sex, sex toys. Again. Movies. I love to watch movies. That's great because we have a few movie questions. Oh. Uh, your favorite music right now? Um, Lily Allen. Mm, okay. And I love Ani DeFranco. I will always love everything she ever does. I haven't listened to her in a long time, but I always oh, have enjoyed her music. She's as well. amazing. Uh, your favorite movie? Um, it's kind of cheesy, but Singing in the Rain. You know, I don't think I've ever seen that film. I have. It is oh, a good movie, actually. It's mandatory. You must see oh, it. Okay. It actually is quite good. Yes, and mandatory. it is. I will vouch. It is oh, good. yes. I believe Brenda. You didn't have to vote. <laughs> okay. That's good. <laughs> a movie that you dislike, but everyone else seems to really be into. Jeez. That happens all the time to me. <laughs> <laughs> but I have lots of different opinions. Oh, jeez. Nothing comes to mind. I see so many movies. I should note, you get two passes in case you can't answer. Oh. Okay, I'll pass that for now. Sure. A movie that you get made fun of for loving. Singing it, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I like musicals. I really like musicals, and that's not, you know, for someone my age, is not cool. Oh, so, whatever. We're the yes, epitome of uncool of over here. Uh, <laughs> your proudest moment? Mm, boy, I have lots. Um, opening the store was one. Um, finishing my social work degree. Cool. And a number of things that happened in my to career. To sort of get you to where you are. Yeah, some things that I've done with people in, in my counseling career. Sure. And now we're on to the two wild card questions. Okay. The first, what bugs you the most about sex ed in Edmonton and Alberta, Canada, North America? That nobody ever talks about pleasure. That they never talk about the things that people actually want to know about. Yeah. And that we're so scared. You know, I would never be allowed in a, a classroom. Because you can't show sex toys to teenagers. Parents would be furious. Yeah, absolutely. They'd bill 40 for you. Yeah, they would. They would. And I think we need to talk about pleasure because then we're acknowledging the reality Mm -hmm. and then people can work from there because that's what we want to know. And then once we've got all of that, all of those curiosity questions answered and we can explore a little bit, then we can take control and do those important health and safety things. Absolutely. And your last wildcard question is a little bit silly. Uh, if you could have sex with any historical figure, who would it be <laughs> and why? Oh, my gosh. Wow. I studied history, so <laughs> a few things. Um, it's really weird 
but Queen Elizabeth I for a variety of reasons. Well, she was supposedly the Virgin Queen, right? I don't believe that. But, so you'd want to check. But <laughs> I don't know. I think it she was amazing, right? Really strong, yeah. kind of incredible figure. Absolutely. Um, I don't know. Well, I think that's a hell ones. of an answer. Scott, what, Some various you? Roman characters come to mind. <laughs> Anyone that Brad Pitt has played in a period piece. Right. What about you, Scott? I... I uh, Famous historian. I can't papers. think of anybody off the top of my head. It's, I, I've never really put much thought into that, I'm not going to lie. I <laughs> would want to know what kind of lover Gandhi was. Mm, that would be interesting, yes. Either he was very sensitive or he was just a demon in the sack. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> it would be that? good to find out. I think the world yeah. needs to know. It's got that yeah. time machine the, that you're I think working the on. world deserves to know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, they never will. Yeah. I think also on that one, possibly Alexander the Great. Oh, yes. Because my husband has a bit of an obsession with him, so it'd be kind of like, if I could do it, then I could come back and go, yeah. <laughs> you can come back and be like, more like Alexander the So-So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not yeah. so great, no. Yeah. He, uh, <laughs> that's good. I like that. <laughs> Brenda, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you. And uh, thanks for offering our listeners that fantastic mm-hmm. discount. That's great. Yeah, we hope we see some people come up and right visit us. What do we have in store for the next time? Well, I haven't confirmed all of our guests, but as you know, the Oscars are coming. Mm -hmm. So, on our next show, we are going to talk movies and fashion at the Oscars this year. It'll be fantastic. It had better be. It'll be an award-winning show. Ha ha. (laughs) I'm just going to talk about Star Trek the whole time. Probably. That Zachary Quinto is so handsome. (laughs) All right. Thanks again, Brenda. Thank Thank you. you. You've been listening to The Unknown Studio, episode 17. Our guest, Brenda Kerber. Our topic, sex. Pre-production by Adam Rosenhart. Post-production by Scott C. Bourgeois. You can visit us on the web at theunknownstudio.ca. Thanks for listening. channel.